International Correspondents with NZI Insurance. Peace of mind for New Zealand business. Ollie Peterson joins us from 6PR Perth. How are you, Ollie? G'day, Andrew. I'm well. I'm enjoying this cricket. Go New Zealand. Can you believe it? I'm barracking for the Black Caps. Well, why not? 511 for, for all, <laughs> yeah, all gone. But yeah, we've got, to, we've got to crush South Africa. They didn't seem to cross their best side. And we appear to have quite a good side coming across the Tasman to face us very shortly. Yeah, correct. Can't wait. Australia, New Zealand, bring it on in just a matter of weeks. Yeah, we're winning. You guys aren't. <laughs> yeah, we lost our last test. Yes, so you did. Good series. Tell Andrew. me, tell me about this Queensland grandmother who was murdered. This is horrible, absolutely awful, and the whole country is honestly appalled. Is shocked by this. Saturday night, seventy-year-old Violene White just goes to her local supermarket with her six-year-old grandson, and she is stabbed to death by a group of teenage boys, a fifteen-year-old, just so they can steal her car. She stabbed to death at, at the front of the shopping centre, at the front of Aldi. Uh, obviously, the child is distraught watching his grandmother stabbed to death. The 15-year-old boy has been arrested, handed himself into police last night. It's going to face court in Queensland today. The other three yet to be identified or still on the run. But you just cannot believe Queensland's had an awful run of youth crime at the moment, Andrew. And what you have is a lot of the do-gooders around the country saying the age of criminal responsibility needs to be increased. That in fact, we need to stop prosecuting children, yet you get this sort of an example out of Queensland and you just can't make sense of it. So, no. just a shocking, shocking way to start the week. It's also, there's also a normalization of knife crime uh, because I know yeah. that we've had summers and people have been going down to resorts and well to do children from well to do families have been going out and they're carrying yeah. a knife with them and they're not afraid to use them, which is horrific. Absolutely horrific. So it's awful. The The country is bleeding at the moment because it just could happen to anybody. You know, I think of my mother, who's of a similar age with my five or six-year-old, and it just sends shivers up your spine. So they need to do something about it. And if it's got to, you know, if we've got to bring in tougher laws, go for it. All right. Australia and New Zealand dependent on exports, and the Red Sea is very important. And now we have tension in that area. Uh, how's yeah. it affecting you? So we set off a uh, sheep ship. Now, of course, we are still in the live export trade, and this is something that the federal government wants to phase out. They don't like the uh, live export trade. Uh, 15,000 odd sheep set sail almost 30 days ago now, turned around because it couldn't get through the Red Sea because of that conflict in the area. It docked back in Perth on Thursday, yet until today, the sheep were still on the ship. So this is really causing uh, a number of issues in the country at the moment. Obviously, you've got the farmers saying, what the hell is the Department of Agriculture doing? This isn't good that we're just basically fueling this idea to phase out the live export trade. You don't get a straight answer from the department. You don't get a straight answer from the government. The activists are there at the wharf. A couple of the sheep have died as a result of this, and they're still to decide, Andrew, does it set sail again and go the long way around, or do they let these 15,000 cattle and sheep off the ship, and then what do you do with them? Because they're a biosecurity risk. Yeah. So this is really fueling the government's agenda to phase out the live export trade, but they don't want to be honest and upfront about it so you can understand the frustration. It's a big market here in WA in particular. The live export trade, it is uh, huge actually for the WA farmers and they're just in limbo. Now, uh, do West Australians approve of G-string bikinis and because <laughs> the Gold Coast is suggesting a ban? Well, that's it. I mean, I've got to be careful what I say here, Andrew, the, the threat of being cancelled. But this bloke by the name of Ian Grace, he's a long-time community worker in the Gold Coast. And in fact, he was identified as the Community Member of the Year in 2022, the Volunteer of the Year. He says he now feels uncomfortable and he's desperate for women to cover up. This is the trend, though. 
that women like to wear these G-string bikinis, and you see them all over beaches around Australia, probably New Zealand as well, yeah. and it has started that debate, hasn't it, Andrew? How do men tell women what to wear? And then other people say, well, hold on a minute, you know, is well, he, you know, has he got a point? But the funny thing is I have seen women take on other women about the fact that, you know, you, you, you have completely forgotten the backside of your trunks. That's you know? it. I mean, and the, uh, you know, the question is how much buttock is too much buttock? And sometimes, you know, if you're proud of your buttock, why not? We've all got one. <laughs> Why not? But you know what? If, if we're going to have the conversation about the bikini buttock, you know, pants, how about we t- say, blokes, time to make sure that you don't wear the budgie smugglers to the <laughs> beach, right? How about we all just wear our board shorts, Andrew? Because, yeah. you know, no one wants to see that either. Uh, Ollie Peterson, I thank you so much for your time today. You, all the best. Um, and practice in the nets because you're going to need it. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.